This is a HeadGum Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not, like, getting too hot or too cold or whatever. You know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind, Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it, like, doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on. Well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code FAKETHENATION at the checkout, and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today. You'll get 40% off. Use the promo code FAKETHENATION. Go to trymiracle.com slash FAKETHENATION. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fakethenation and use the code fakethenation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fakethenation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 270. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we wear transparent dresses to the Met Gala's Fake the Nation podcast edition. I am your host, Nagid Farsad, and today I'm wearing Dress With No Label that I bought from Thrift Shop. Today, we're going to dish on the Met Gala. That's right, we'll also talk about the new vaccine mandate. And finally, if America had six political parties, which one would you be in? And to talk about these many varied uh, issues, we are joined by... Oh, the most awesome panel today. Holy shit. Coming back to the show for the 700th time of a show that has only been on for 270 episodes somehow uh, is a comedian and co-host of the podcast, The War Report, which you should have already been subscribed to because you've heard her on the show and because you love her from the show. It's Shalewa Sharpie, Shalewa. Hello. Hi, everyone. Um, also joining us for the... Coupleth time. <laughs> um, a comedian who I have known for many years, who I have seen just absolutely obliterate audiences with his hilarity. Uh, you can see his Netflix special, Warn Your Relatives, on 
Netflix, and he is the wonderful Hari Kandabalu. Hey, Hari. Hey, Nagin. Love your glasses once again. Oh, thanks so much. Um, I'm trying to branch out into, uh, you know, other reds is what I want to do. It's like just have many different types of red. Um, before we get into the show, I want to mention that my dog is chewing on a bone. You may hear that in the background. And I just don't have the emotional fortitude to take it away from him right now. So let's just, we're going to just deal with that as a, as a people. Uh, I also want to remind you that the uh, Patreon is alive and kicking. The latest Patreon episode um, that came out last week was about emotional contagion with Maz Dobrani and Jeffrey Maurer. Um, our next bonus episode is about how we spend our time post-pandemic. Like, has the pandemic changed the way we spend our time? And that's with the wonderful Dan Pashman and Marcella Arguello. Um, for less than the cost of one cappuccino a month, you can join Patreon and get these bonus episodes. But also, you'll just be supporting the show. And there are so, so many levels where you can do that, um, even for less than the, the than a cappuccino, maybe more like a pack of gum. There's there's uh, options in there for you to support the show. So visit patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad uh, to see what all the fuss is about. And also, before we get into official topic number one, guys, we we Cal, uh, the California vote came in and Newsom is is still going to be there. Are you how are you feeling just really quickly before we officially get into the show? I'm happy Never. for California. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Larry. Larry, <laughs> so Larry Elder. Got the most indifferent face on her face. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, it was either him or Larry Elder. Right. Is that correct? Yes. I mean, yeah. it's it's a white dude failing upward once again. I mean, mm-hmm. he literally failed, and but he it's like so bad on the other side. They're like, all right, right. Yeah. Well, you know yeah. what? I just feel better, uh, just in general, because you know. Who knows? Like, there's things in California. Uh, Larry Elder could have done a bunch of terrible shit. You know what I mean? So it's good. It's good. Uh, let's get into it with topic number one. So it's a celebrity costume party season at the Met Gala. Um, it's in many ways a really dumb thing to talk about. But for some reason, this year, it felt like dumb plus one. Like, basically enough for our prestigious panel of dirtbag comedians to actually talk about it. So I guess my first question, and there is a sociopolitical angle that I might be driving at. But before we get into that, does the Met Gala register on your radar uh, every year or ever at all? Yes. <laughs> in what love way? It. Love it. I oh, love you're it. into it. I, I am. I am. I'm absolutely into it. Um, you know, you give rich people a theme mm. and they got to think yeah. about how to approach that theme. And then they are put on the spot uncomfortably while wearing something that uh, they, they're not entirely sure they understand. But then they've got to <laughs> link what they have on to the theme Right. On the spot for no one for just for, for oh it's great it's fantastic it's fantastic I mean it's comedian target practice it, it's the most <laughs> they are literally up there to us saying what do you got you know it is such an ideal situation it's not like you know when it's like the Oscars or something you know you, you can poke fun and, and and of course that's another thing but this one is like. Wide open. Like, I'm literally wearing something ridiculous. Go at it. Um, like, I... 
have generally never really paid attention. Like I'll maybe just scroll through a few photos the day after or something. But um, I, and this is, how, I'm actually embarrassed to admit, I didn't realize there was a theme every year. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. I, ha- yes. I kind of didn't really realize that. And so what, what was the theme for this year? It was like America. Uh, American uh, America, um, like American. America, a lexicon of fashion. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That could go yeah. anywhere. That could um, go anywhere. Again, I mean, you know, they try, it's, because I believe it's also what the exhibit is that is opening, At which the is Met. the reason right, for the big right, right. party, the gala in the first ultimately. Place. Yeah, of it's course. just a, a wine and cheese party. I mean, so um, Chalet was, since you love this thing every year, it, was mm-hmm. there any costumes that kind of stood out to you just uh, from the get-go? Well, uh, you know, I my trouble right now with the coverage is that they keep saying the names of people and I'm supposed to know who they are. Mm. So I enjoy like seeing clothing and, and ridiculousness, but um, they're also like, you know, so-and-so. And I'm like, no, I don't know so-and-so. I, I kind of opted out of paying attention to the actual celebrities and she looks like the other one. So now I'm on like a deep dive <laughs> of like which blonde one was this? And I, I get... There I'm is a little confused. bit of a like a, a face, um, you know, because they're all getting the same like things on their to their faces. I feel like it yes. sometimes can be difficult to tell apart a beautiful woman from another beautiful woman, you know? Yeah, because apparently we decided on uh, this very narrow view of beauty, and so I can't... One face, just one face. Yeah, just the one face, (laughs) and the face that it's currently based on right now, she covered up her entire face, so now I'm like, well, how do we even know if we achieved it? Yeah, wait, can you tell us that that costume? It was was, incredible. uh, Kim Kardashian wore, um, I believe it was Balenciaga, mm-hmm, and it right. was all black. Yep. And when I say all black, I mean it was a hood that covered her entire face and head, her entire head, into a form-fitting dress with maybe a cape behind it and tights or leggings that seem to cover the shoe or become one with the shoe, all black. That just you Did also, each leg had its own train. Yeah. That was, was the other weird, interesting part it, of the Kim Kardashian. It was a lot. And I was just like, that's a lot, Kim. But I also was like, oh, no, do I like this? <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, no, what now? Sorry, <laughs> who are you taking shots at this year? Well, first of all, you know, I tried to read into that Kim Kardashian uh, Met Gala uh, get up because I'm like, OK, well, if the theme is American independence or just... America in general, is she making a statement perhaps about the nature of independence? Like we claim we're free, but we're really completely, uh, you know, uh, unable to move. We're being suffocated by a system. Uh, So that's me giving Mm. her the benefit of the doubt. Mostly I thought it was goofy. And, um, I let, Mostly, I thought it was someone saying to her, "No one else will be wearing this, and right. everyone will talk about it the next day." Right? Like, I just kind of feel like maybe that was a big part of it. I don't know why Lil Nas X decided to dress up as C three PO. That was a really <laughs> interesting. It was like gold medal, and then I think he took the medal off, and there was mesh underneath. But it was just—I don't know how that. 
fits into the theme, but I liked it because, you know, why not do that? I mean, that's really what it is. Like, the theme is just... Like, why not? Why not do that? Why not do that? It, w- it mm-hmm. was incredible. Um, he's also one of those celebrities that I feel like has a, w- like a young dude. A lot of shit was lobbed at him. He became this kind of international sensation. Um, and he, he got a lot of probably hate mail and whatever, uh, death threats and what have you, um, be- because people are homophobic. Uh, and he's just like handled it so well. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm going to yeah. handle all of that and then I'm going to look like C3PO. What? You know? I just oh, thought yeah. I, I, I mean, have a this fondness is, for him. This is nothing. Comedians making fun of him about what he's wearing compared to what he's been through for existing? Yeah. Oh, this is nothing. <laughs> this is totally. bouncing right off. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. I So one of the little things that I def- did want to talk about was just the many um, varied political statements that people were trying to make. For example, uh, Billie Eilish came out wearing an Oscar de la Renta, and it's not really her jam to dress dress up in that fashion. But she looked like a you know a Marilyn Monroe esque Hollywood starlet in this pink thing, right? And apparently, one of the deals was she said to the House of Oscar de la Renta. I'll wear this, but you guys have to stop using fur. So that's wow. one of her little victories. What do you think of that? <laughs> Did they say yes? Uh, yeah, that's it. All worked out. Wow. I want to say I want to say that's awesome, right? And that's a big issue for her animal rights, and that's great. I do also think that it was kind of like an easy sell PR move. You know what I mean? Because P- like. Fur is out of fashion anyway, so, right. you know, also there's a ton of, like, uh, substitutes that, that people use, that these designers use all the time. So it's kind of like, yeah, that's not difficult for us to do. I don't know. I kind of was just like, all right, I don't know. Yeah, but, I mean, it's Oscar de la Renta. Yeah. So, like, the kids aren't necessarily rocking that. <laughs> right, 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 right. because... So if the kids don't want to wear fur, they've got plenty of options. But older people are not going to Supreme. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Is your, is your mom yeah. not aware of Supreme's most recent drop? Or? So, so it may it may not seem like much to everyone else who's like, who's wearing fur? But uh, right, to older right. people who are like, like it's a this thing. is yeah, I'm loyal to them. Right. Uh, and now there's no fur, and it's all because of this little girl. And, you right. know, they shake so their she, fists to the she's heavens. moving the needle for, for, two, yeah, for young people who are like, what's Oscar de la Renta? And then yes. also for old people like, oh, I guess I can't buy fur. But I wasn't anyway, really. They're just, it's yeah. just not that much in fashion. I don't know. Right, right. I don't know. But, okay, let's, let's talk about the AOC outfit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry, you want to like, let us know what that was about? Yeah, she wore an outfit, and uh, I believe it was on the back of it. It said, Tax the Rich. Yeah. Um, which, initially, when I saw the picture, I think it was from a weird angle, so I thought it said, Axe the Rich, and I was psyched. <laughs> I'm like, this is gutsy. And then I, I read it, and I'm like, oh, it's Tax the Rich, which is st- it's still a statement, but it almost would be more powerful if she wrote, Tax Everyone Here. Like, you are wearing it to the Met Gala. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there's something about, like, that statement in that setting that feels a little like, uh, there could have been more. Right. I mean, 
so it, the designer, by the way, is named Aurora James of that dress. And uh, I, I got to be honest, I don't know. Like, Shaleo, I don't know how you felt when you first saw it. I felt a little gross when I saw AOC, I guess, at the Met Gala at all. Um, well, I did see that she. Um, I didn't feel that that gross about it. It made it kind of made sense to me, um, in that uh, you know we're looking for people who uh, who have a little heat to them, right? That's the mm-hmm. whole reason that sure. we invite them. Sure. And and then I, I noticed that she uh, had like I don't know if it's a rebuttal of sorts, but just kind of an explanation afterwards, day after. Where she said, you know, there are actually a lot of elected officials who go and they get to go for free. Um, and there were a lot of them who were there. Um, but, you know, and they're yeah. there every year. I'm the one that was photographed. So, you know, I took advantage of it and wore this text, the rich. I just, I feel like, uh, you know, it, I guess it was cheeky in a, in a, you know, like a Washington, D.C. way. Like, how dare you? But it also reminded me that. Um, Macy Gray wrote "Buy My Album" on her dress at the Grammys. <laughs> I, just, I, I feel like um, AOC seems to be someone who really thinks things through, and I I thought this may have been a way to use fashion in a different way to make her point outside of literally just writing it on the dress like that's coming to the Met Gala in a in a graphic tee anyone could and others did and anytime I see it I'm like well I mean couldn't you I'd rather you have worn like a, a bird cage with a thing to represent that you know what I mean like right, 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 right. with it but <laughs> I, I feel like if you're just laying it out like don't I'm like okay great well this is now is this merch do you know can I right, get it right right you know it's, it's- I, I don't know. I I, um, I I get it, but my problem isn't necessarily with the message or even that she did it there. I think my problem is with the execution of it, where I'm like anyone who showed up with words on their uh, on their dress uh, or their outfit just made me go, oh, here we go. You know, right, 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 right. Yeah. How are I you mean, gonna say? I, yeah, I. I didn't mind the idea of a me- I agree with Shalewa. I think the execution wasn't the best, but it also it was so like, yeah, of course, tax the rich. Like, there's nothing about <laughs> that that's very specific. If it said Green New Deal or anything that was actually uh, some you know something that ruffles feathers, but like tax the rich more, tax the rich. It's just such a like, yeah, tax the rich. Tax it's not the near. tax the person who made this dress. You know right. what I mean? Something <laughs> pointed. So, tax everybody yeah. here. Even axe the rich, it would have. It would have been. It's still something that draws more of a you know conversation. I right. mean, generally speaking, like you know, I I like political statements at these things. To be perfectly honest, because nobody, like people, know more about celebrity gossip than they do mm-hmm. about regular news. So like people are going to be paying attention to this. So why not because learn because it something? crossed over into celebrity gossip, right? I mean that I think is 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 an excellent point. I just you know I was talking I was chatting with my coffee crew this morning about it, and you know uh, someone said that it kind of reminded them of the opposite spectrum of the Melania. I don't mm. care, do you? Moment right. where yeah. she kind of gets off a thing. She's in a in an in a setting where that was maybe not the right message, and 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 it became she became like such a target of the left because she wore that in that setting and blah blah blah. And this, I think, 
again, I think it sucks to be AOC. Your everything you do is um, under a microscope, and you pro- you pro- have a lot of. It's probably very dangerous. You probably get a lot of death threats. It probably just really sucks to hold all of that. Um, and and I think doing like showing up at at an event like this that's so celebrity driven, um, even though other politicians get to do it without much notice. When you're AOC, you don't get to do it without much notice, right? It becomes yeah. like a thing. And I can see that it become that the way that she gets targeted by the right or even people in the middle who are like, you know, uh, scared by her, this makes her even more of a target, you know? And it also puts her, like it doesn't, it didn't totally feel like she's of the people for the people, you know what I mean? She's like, she's at a Met Gala, you know, wearing a dress with a dress. I don't know. It For a second, I just wondered, like, if it just didn't feel exactly right. But also, like, let her do whatever. I mean, I don't care, you yeah, know, personally. She, I feel like she probably weighed all of that, and she was like, yeah. well, I could wear a plain dress, and they're going to say what are you doing there anyway? Right, right, so right, right. I might as well put something on the dress, perhaps. But I, mean, uh, I, I do kind of wish it maybe was a, a better thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> she wasn't the only one that had messages. You know, Kat was a yeah. Cara Delevingne. Like she had something called Peg the Patriarchy, which I yeah. thought was hilarious. There was, uh, I think, uh, ASAP Rocky uh, was in support of Candyland, I guess, with that. No, I think that was just a big old, uh, just a big old quilt. Just a, bl- yeah, just like a blanket to keep warm. Inside of it was just more quilt. Yeah, just like it was, it was 80 degrees in New York yesterday and he just but, wanted to, you know, cozy up. Uh, it, that's did what look it, like, like, it did look like a Candyland, uh, It did. It looked like, it did look like candy. Um, I, can I just say one last thing about the Met Gala before we, we turn away? The Met Gala also makes me say stuff like, it just makes me think things like feminism is so many things, right? It's like mm. celebrating transparent dresses. It's feeling the pressure of having the body that we can wear a transparent dress. It's also shunning the need to have that body. It's sort of all of those troubling, contradicting feelings all in once that makes you just uh, like, you know, that just is baffling, honestly. Or like it, it, just, like, it just makes me feel confused as a woman, it doesn't for me because um, I get those feelings just trying to dress myself. Do you know what I mean? I have a struggle trying to But do you feel like clothing. you have a struggle shopping for clothing because of images like this that are pumped into our eyeballs? Uh not with the Met Gala so much because it is so ridiculous. So ridiculous, yeah, to me, yeah. It, it is a costume. To like uh, more of like a costuming thing, which uh, as a as a larger woman uh, is what they're handing me anyway to wear. It's just <laughs> a lot of stuff with cherries or something. You know what I mean? They just decided that's what we like. And, right. Um, I don't know. I uh, it, for that kind of thing is so personal. Um, the concerns that you brought up is so personal, and it's. That's usually when I feel them when I'm doing personal things. But that is just like watching um, art on, you know, just maybe not the best of uh, <laughs> canvases. You know right, what I mean? right, 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 um, right. But it's right. fun to watch them just kind of wander around and see where they're supposed to go. Right. Like, as much as we want to give 
AOC a hard time for being there. I'm not sure Jack Harlow needed to be there anyway, but he was there in a a eggplant colored suit, just like I'm here. And I'm like, great, congrats. I mean, there. I mean, it's art, but it's also. I mean, this kind of just quickly going back to the idea of political statements at things like this, and I guess political statements by celebrities in general, like. There, there are, but it, they're also walking billboards for different fashion houses, right? Yeah. Like they're yeah, literally yeah. advertising. Yeah, it's just so PR, to, yeah. It's PR. So that's another reason why I do like when there's political statements, whether they're executed well or not, when there's an attempt, because like you're already promoting something, whether you realize it or not. So why not also teach us something? Like why not say, you know, I'm wearing Vera Wang uh, and also Google redlining. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> why right, not right, right, right. do something? Because people aren't going to pay attention otherwise. All right. We'll leave it there on why not. And before we move on to the next segment, I just want to remind listeners, thank you so much for rating and reviewing the show. Um, we got from A, uh, Samper Rampa, five stars, hilarious, informative, and a bunch of heart and smiley emojis. So thank you so much for that. Also, I grabbed this one from the bunch um, from, uh, Haley, from Craig Haley or Haley Craig. No, sorry, from Haley Craig. We're only doing optimism. Nagina's funny, authentic, compassionate, absolutely brilliant. She picks fantastic guests like you two who also meet these criteria. I look forward to the podcast every week and appreciate the optimistic tone even when addressing emotionally or technically difficult topic- topics. I also really appreciate Nagina's desire to listen, empathize, and understand with whom she disagrees. Well worth a listen. Wow! I'm going to like copy and paste that onto wallpaper Aww. that I put all over my own home. Thank you so much for that lovely, uh, lovely review. And I hope you guys will take a moment to review the show on Apple Podcasts because it really helps. And it could just be a quickie. You know what I mean? You don't have to go into that was a, a real big paragraph right there. And I'm like just so uh, shocked and uh, flattered by it. But you can just go ahead and throw some emojis up there. It just helps people find the show. Um, all right. Let's um, listen to a word from our sponsors. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about vaccine mandates. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help. Because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. 
to unsubscribe. You don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all the apps features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Thank you to Angie for sponsoring this HeadGum podcast. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Indeed. So if you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Yeah, doing stuff yourself seems fun, but then you actually get to, you know, solving a problem and you realize that mm -hmm. you can create 10 more problems and then you probably should have just paid a, yeah. a professional to deal with it right off the bat. You can easily injure and or maim yourself as well. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. You just get the app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. It's very convenient. It sure is, folks, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. So download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Thank you, Angie. Angie.com. Thank you. We want to tell you about a podcast we think you're going to love. It's called See the Thing Is, and it's hosted by Grammy Award-winning R&B artist Bridget Kelly and media personality Mandy B. Every week, Bridget Kelly and Mandy B offer grown, honest, and slightly toxic perspectives on all things music, pop culture, and of course, dating and relationships, which is my fave. Do you have a hard time finding new music? Are you a millennial who misses what life was like in the 2000s? Are you interested in multiple perspectives on relationships? Relationships and dating? Are you interested in a non-male bashing podcast that holds both sexes accountable? See, the thing is, is a podcast that allows space for a wide range of thoughts and emotions. Most recently, the ladies sat down with Big Frida and Chloe Bailey and just huge names. Van Lathan, who's one of my favorite people to listen to, to chat about movies. So the conversations they're having are phenomenal. Join Bridget and Mandy every week as they update you on everything going on in the world with their polarizing hot takes. Subscribe to See The Thing Is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on YouTube. New episodes drop every Tuesday and Friday. And we are back and we're ready for topic number two. 
Biden announced more sweeping vaccine mandates, and in response, conservative panties have been exceedingly bunched. Uh, apparently, Tucker Carlson was so upset that uh, he was on Yale Fox News, and he started to talk about Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend's testicles and how they got swollen as some kind of anti-vax argument. You know, the classic science behind a celebrity's cousin's friend anecdote. Uh, I just, as a reminder, Tucker Carlson is totally vaccinated. All right, so let's get into <laughs> the vaccine mandate. Um, first off, like, uh, what did you make of them? I mean, just as a reminder, for example, part of the new mandate is that all federal employees and contractors need to get the vaccine. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, I mean, I think there's some medical uh, exemptions. If you have a business over 100 people, they got to be vaccinated and um, those employers have to provide employees paid time off to get the vaccine and to recover from any, you know, side effects that they might experience from the vaccine. Teachers and staff from various federal education related programs have to be vaccinated. Um, the Department of Defense, um, most healthcare workers at facilities that receive Medicaid, Medicare. Uh, it, it, all in all, we're looking at 17 million workers. Uh, what do you guys think? I'm a little confused because is it a mandate or is it just like like you have to get vaccinated or you have to get tested every week? Like wasn't oh, no, the, it was, the, the testing option has like faded away for federal employees. That's, I think, done. OK, but I mean, that but that's federal. But you work for the government. You're the president. So you would think. But outside of that, like it doesn't do it's not a mandate. I for don't, private I d- employees. Yeah, for or, private, I think for the for companies over 100, I think you cannot opt out by testing. You have to get va- vaccinated. Wow. That's my understanding of it. I mean, why? I mean, to me, it's like, why not mandatory vaccines for everybody? Like, if the whole point is to protect, like, other Americans, we torture people. We kill people in the name of protecting Americans. Like, why not get vaccinated? Like, this seems like a much better thing. Like, if this is part of Homeland Security... Or at least at the bare minimum, like waterboard people and let them choose whether they want a vaccine or get waterboarded. <laughs> that to me That's is consistent. You know morally. what, guys? I hope uh, Biden's listening to some of Ari's <laughs> fantastic ideas for the republic. No, I mean I think though, though your your point about veterans is really really great because it's like a veteran is like, guys, uh, I went to war for you. I mean, can you just get like a little shot? It's not right. a big deal. You know what I mean compared to what I did. I mean, I think that's a really excellent um, argument for, like, the patriotic uh, thing to do. Shalewa? Yeah, let's do this. Why are we waiting? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've been so annoyed that it's taken this, this long. Uh, people are hard-headed and stupid and will remain so uh, as long as you let them uh, mess with their money. Like, I, I really think the only way, the only way you're going to get people to move in certain ways is to, um, like— really affect them because clearly no one is and the idea of helping your fellow man is not concrete enough so so you have to just be like hey sorry that's it we're taking away you're grounded you're grounded i guess if that's how you want to look at it if that's how negative you want to be you're grounded get your shot and then you're free to go okay what would you guys say to the to the question of like so I was actually just on this other podcast, uh, Majority Report, um, which will be available, I think, in the next few days. And there was a listener um, voicemail there about a listener whose parents, um, she was worried that her parents were going to get dig in their heels even more on, like, on anti-vaccine because of the idea of government overreach. What do you say to conservatives who feel this is just 
in their bones. This is government overreach. I say, as someone who has gone through a breakthrough case, that the arrogance that you have right now as to how your body is going to handle COVID without a vaccine, you need a vaccine in order to back that up. Like, there's no way, like, whatever it is you think your body's going to be able to do without a vaccine when you get it, it's not. You truly, I could truly tell, like, oh, without a vaccine, this would have been a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. So... Harry, what are you, you know, saying to conservatives? I mean, I just don't understand how this is government overreach. I understand this idea of like they're, you know, they're telling us what we can do with our bodies. I'm like, you have no issue with like being quote unquote pro life and telling women what to do with their bodies, but this is an issue. Also, it's like when did because like this whole idea of like I don't know what's in the vaccine. I'm not sure like what they're putting in it. Like, when did Americans start caring about what we put in our bodies? Like, (laughs) what is a flaming hot Cheeto? Nobody knows what a flaming hot Cheeto is, and yet it's been approved. We eat them. Like, that's nonsense. And, like, when it's people of color, and particularly black folks, I get it, because there's at least an institutional history. There's a a memory of what the government has done about things being experimented, you know, like... People are being experimented on. Like, I get that. But when it's white people, it's so aggravating. Like, the government's not in it to hurt you, right? They're in right. it to also, protect like, you. They you always got, have You've been. You been vaccinated. Like, you have the yes. measles and mumps <laughs> vaccines. You have... I My kid has been... I know exactly, like, how many vaccines most people have. Like, it's... It is not... An issue. It is just to, you know, so that we don't spread these diseases. Um, I want to point out a little bit about all the, the thing that sucks about American society <laughs> is just here's just the thing uh, is that like so many of our health decisions get um, channeled through businesses. And that mm. is fucking bananas. Like, why is our health care attached to business and jobs? Like, why, you know, and I, and obviously I think Biden is in a really tough spot because he's just like, gotta end this fucking pandemic. And he's just like, all right, how can I get more people? Where can the government, the federal government, where, 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 do, where do the arms of the federal government reach? Okay, great. Here's 17 million people, you know? Mm. Um, and that's great. So the, I understand that he had to, like, use you know, what, what rules he had before him, but it's like channeling these things through business. I have a friend who has a company over a hundred people. She got, is getting panic calls from her managers, like talking about people are going to walk out of this job because of the mandate. I guess hoping that she would be like, cool, violate the federal mandate. I don't care or whatever. Of course, she's not like that. She's wanted people to get vaccines, but she just doesn't want her job, her business to be political in that way. So she's just sort of like had a mass mandate and just sort of like functioned, but has been hoping for, you know, that people would just make the right decision. So she's worried on the end, on the one end of like losing employees in states that are, uh, you know, have lower vaccine rates. I have another friend who's been dying for pe- the government to like have a, gov- a, a rule like this. Cause she's like, I am so tired of worrying about like the three unvaccinated employees in my business. Like 
either giving it to each other or sp- giving breakthrough cases to the vaccinated employee. Like, I don't want to think about this as much anymore. I just, I am not, I don't want to think about this anymore. I just want the government to mandate it. So, you know, so they're both like experiencing the mandate in similar and different ways. Um, and I think that we're putting businesses in like tough situations that they have to be in the middle of all of it. Well, yeah, but because the other tough situation is this pandemic goes on forever and they're going to be in the middle oh, of yeah. it, whether they like it, like it or not. And oh, again, yeah. the, I mean, I against- don't think Biden had a choice, but I'm just saying it just sucks that in American life we put everything th- like through businesses. Oh, yeah. Like as if that is the like the economic cost and it's short term economic cost, too. It's not even mm-hmm. the long term. It's the short term because in the long term, this will never end and we're going to go through this forever. And again, regarding overreach. It's like after 9-11, the Patriot Act went into place and there was government <laughs> yeah. overreach everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, everyone's yeah. rights Every time were you being take taken. off your shoes at the TSA, right. you know, yeah. yeah librarians <laughs> are, are, are tattling, like who, who took out Kurt Vonnegut? Like this is what we were, we were doing and we were so many of so many people in this country were fine with it because it's for our safety. You know, we're talking like the number of people who are sick and who have died in this country because of the pandemic is so much more than how many have died because of terrorism in this country. And yet it's government overreach. They're telling us what to do. It's like this isn't about you anymore. It's about everybody. And it's this isn't a pro Patriot Act, uh, by the way, Ram. But <laughs> it is to say if we were going to use that logic, <laughs> then why are we not using similar right. logic now? Can I also just exactly to that point? I read this delightful op-ed from the ACLU that actually addressed the question of whether the mandates, because there's going to be so much, um, the, so many lawsuits against the mandates. So the ACLU took up the question of like whether or not these are illegal. Do they actually violate civil liberties, which is what a lot of people on the right are claiming? And in fact, the ACLU said, uh, "quote Far from compromising civil liberties, vaccine mandates." Actually Actually, further civil liberties, they protect the most vulnerable among us, including people with disabilities and fragile immune systems, children too young to be vaccinated, and communities of color hit hard by the disease. They went on to say even religious exemptions, you know, aren't necessarily justifiable in this situation because these rights aren't absolute. They don't include the right to inflict harm onto others. And basically being sick and, and exposing others to your sickness is inflicting harm onto others. So from a civil liberty standpoint, um, the mandate is is legal. I mean, it just doesn't hold water that it that it isn't uh, from my reading of this one op-ed. <laughs> Let's go. Let's do it then. I'm very, <laughs> I am, I am, uh, you, I am pretty much done with discussing. Well, I got to do the research. All right, well, I'm just going to leave you behind to do the research uh, with that weird dry cough that you now have. Yeah, I don't have the patience anymore. And I'm not necessarily someone who's raring to get out in the streets. I've been loving it, staying away from people. Never cared for them. But I don't want them all to disappear. So, right. yeah, I, I, I still it, it's it's wild to see how people have this block when it what the block is. You never know. I'm finding from so many people just like, well, it, it'll do this or, you know, I don't want it. Just the whole like helping out everyone in your community. I feel like over the past year and a half, we should have picked up on how. Every element of our life has been 
touched by this and is affected and intertwined in ways that you could never expect. Yeah. You know, just from from this one little thing, little thing that we're dealing with mm. and how that has reverberated across. And you would think that uh, people would see that and observe it and go, oh, okay, also, I need to yeah, do my part. And until no one that point, and just to, to wrap up, aren't we all tired of this fucking pandemic? I and mean, also tired of talking about it and tired of like, I just don't want, I want to open uh, a newspaper because you know, I, I only read hard copies. Um, I want to open a newspaper and just not fucking see anything about it anymore. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, let's live in that world. We can, if everybody gets vaccinated, which I feel like, is that, is that a pitch? Like, is that a spin that, that might <laughs> get conservatives to move? Like, Hey, let this not be an issue ever again in your life. We could all go back to just watching TV and not caring. You know what I mean? Like, let's do that. All right. Let us move on to topic number three. So the New York Times had a quiz where it asked, uh, like, if America had six parties, which one would you be in? It asked 20 questions. Um, For example, do you think immigrating to this country should be easier? In which cases do you think abortion should be legal? Should the federal government make sure that its citizens have health insurance? Those kinds of questions. And at the end, you got to see where you were on the spectrum um, of these imagined parties. So... Um, I guess first, um, you know, we'll we'll get to defining them by first finding out where you guys were, if you feel comfortable sharing in these your imaginary <laughs> political affiliations. That will violate HIPAA <laughs> <laughs> rules, uh, but I will I will share. Yeah, where were um, you? I fell. Uh, I'm closest to the Progressive Party. Okay, I, unsurprising. Uh, I, I guess. But I thought, I, I, I honestly didn't know what I thought. I thought if there was an apathetic party, that's where I would, <laughs> I would fit firmly in there, strongly uh-huh. apathetic. Um, by one chart, I was like, I don't know. I'm like halfway between progressive and whatever new liberal is. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. then when they had a more detailed, like, as I scrolled down, a more detailed, like, uh, look at the grid. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, no, I am. I am on this progressive. Progressive. Uh, Harry, where were you? I think I was right on progressive. Like I was far <laughs> right, right. You were the dot. Um, I was the dot. Yeah. I was like two millimeters away from the dot in the direction of the American Labor Party. So let's, you know, before we get into it, like talk about what these th- these uh, three parties that the, the, the three of us were sort of around um, are all on the left. And I should mention the uh, American, so the Progressive Party is focused on equity, racial justice, a strong vision of inclusive social democracy. Uh, and, you know, it, it wants to engage. Uh, it's this, sorry, its strongest support comes from politically engaged, highly educated younger people, especially women. Hey. And um, it accounts for about 14% of the electorate. Uh, and the three of us were all in the progressive party, which makes us a boring panel of samesies. Um, but I would say that my two millimeters were in the direction of the American Labor Party, which is a little more socially conservative. Because I think the reason my my clocked in that direction was because I am not in favor of abolishing the police. You know, like I actually feel like uh, there's a role for the police. It should just be handled like a lot, lot lot better um and so i think that's one of the questions that kind of 
got me more in that direction. You know, the American Labor Party is like, you know, is focused on economic populism, uh, appeals to working class Democrats, and it's about 12% of the electorate. The neoliberal party, which sounds like you were closer to Shalewa, um, Mm -hmm. they, the new liberal party is the professional class establishment wing of the Democratic Party. Uh, The people in it are like cosmopolitan. They, their social and racial views are more, uh, uh, pro-business, wait, no, sorry, they're cosmopolitan, they're social and racial views, but they're more pro-business, and they think wealthy people are innovators. That's 26% of the electorate, and an example of someone who's in that new liberal party is, uh, like, Pete Buttigieg, which I thought was... That's oh, that's right. wild. Yeah, that's, it's kind of weird. Well, that's funny. I wonder what nudged me over there, because I'm pretty sure there was a question that was like, do you, you know, you find wealthy people to be the most innovative? And I was like, they don't want for anything. No. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that even make sense. Um, but, you know, there was a lot of like government. How much do you want the government to run things? And I was like, well, I mean, if I liked our government. Right, 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 right. You know, right. Historically liked our government. It'd be nice if they could step in. But I got issues. So go back. The three, the three centuries. other parties were on, were sort of more on the right. Um, you know, obviously a lot of these are sort of in the center, but the Growth and Opportunity Party was fiscally conservative, but a little socially liberal. Um, they're kind of like your Rockefeller Republicans. Mm. Uh, the Patriot Party is basically Trumpism. Um, by the way, the that Growth and Opportunity, the Rockefeller Republicans, fourteen percent of the electorate. The Patriot Party, I thought this was fun, also 14% of the electorate, right? So this is the Trumpists. Um, the Christian Conservative Party was about 20% of uh, the population. They're more socially conservative and fiscally conservative. Um, and you, they put like a, like Mike Pence in there, uh, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott. Uh, and that was 20% of the, of the population. I should just note, the left side of the spectrum accounts for slightly more of the population in general. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, my question is, like, do you think that it would kind of free us all up if we just could choose from more parties? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me why, Harry. question. (laughs) (laughs) Tell Um, me why. this is a country that talks about the freedom of choice and that we have more to choose. Like if you go to a supermarket, we have like more cereal options than anywhere else. But with democracy, we have we have two. two. Yeah. And so when, when you're dealing with with two is like it, you're always going to have to compromise a lot of things. If you have more options, both as a voter and as a politician, like you're not worried about the establishment like, oh, I'm going to lose my place in this party, which means I'm out of any kind of politics. I don't have the support of this party. What am I going to do? Well, then there's a couple of other parties and there's other places that might, you know, it might work for you. You know, that kind of ability to make up your mind as an individual or as a smaller unit, I think that gives you, uh, like, just, it it, it allows for, like, for example, a, a, a softening of the hard right. Like, instead of being a really important constituency within the party, like, they're their own party and if they don't build enough coalitions, it's not going to happen for them. I guess the same is true with the left as well. But, like, it, it, it does force a certain softening, I think, at least of, of that hard right because you don't need them as much. Hmm. 
Shalewa, yeah. do you wish I mean, you could? Do you wish you could let your slightly new liberal, uh, but mostly progressive identity <laughs> flourish? Yeah, no, that'd be nice. Um, also, I, it, I, I think if there are all of these groups and they're all having to come together and make these decisions, um, it is, it, you know, it's their job. It, it's kind of forcing them to really look at major issues in many ways mm-hmm. um, in a way that right now it seems to be what is the way that I can do this that will keep me in this job um, now if there are lots of groups and lots of opinions you're able to work out a way uh, cool you, you know, have to really coalition build yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely and not necessarily worry about so much about how, how am I going to keep this job which seems to be and I mean honestly I, I know uh, I feel like on the left um, you know we are constantly discussing how to compromise anyway uh, and that is, I feel like that's not happening so much on the right um, because it's just like party line, toe right, the party right, line. Right, 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 And so it'd be interesting to see what how what that looks like on the right as they're having to actually talk compromise amongst themselves, you know, besides Yeah, because it's like, it's like uh, it, it makes sense for there to be a big tent coalition, right, as opposed to a big tent party. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, because I think, you know, with the vaccine mandate, for example, I feel like Republicans are like, are you fucking kidding me? Get vaccinated. Like, right. that's what I think the mm-hmm. average Republican truly and honestly in their heart believes, which is why people like Tucker Carlson are vaccinated, right? Which, <laughs> it, and, I, and, I, and I bet you, again, based on nothing, I'm a garbage person who knows nothing, but based on nothing, I'll, I bet you Republicans are like having their families get vaccinated. Of they course. wouldn't want any of their mm-hmm. children or, or, or sisters or brothers or whatever not to be vaccinated, right? But they're saying this shit because of the narrow band of political discourse they're allowed to have. Now imagine if the Rockefeller Republicans could represent their 14% and the Trumpies could represent their 14% and they could just be fucking honest. You I mean, know? that's a world where values comes before power. Where like I am representing my values and so my party represents that. And this isn't just solely for what is the most practical way to have the most power. It's, well, why am I in this? I'm in this because I believe in these things. I mean, the parliamentary system really does have a lot of strengths. And I I hate giving the British too much credit. But like I will say that, I don't know, there is something to be said about really – rich debate and everyone not I mean it's ridiculous when they when we do the state of the union half of the audience stands, stands up and the so other dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it's like, very passive aggressive I definitely very. prefer when they're yelling at each other and literally like boo I also I've also wondered let it be known I also just don't understand why we're so beholden to the two parties on um on a uh, local level, like yeah. in local races, who gives a fuck? Like, we don't need to use Democrat, Republican. Like, it, like it, you know, uh, Jay Inslee um, could have, I, I think it would be amazing if he just ran as a Green Party candidate and and just did that, you know, as opposed to like, try, and, and make the Green Party a thing. Like, make like make it a thing at the local level. Why are we so beholden at, at the local level when it does? It's not the thing that keeps us two party on the just one office 
is is the electoral college, and that's the presidency, right? Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the the electoral college sort of forces us into this two party system, but everything else like doesn't need it. I I've never I've never understood. And by the way, for those of you you know, um, you who the multi, the proportional multi party democracies also have consistently higher turnout. And it's probably because there's a thing of the many options that speaks to them. Whereas mm. here, we just have to be like, which one of these two heinous things <laughs> like just speaks mm. to us? That said, I'm a strong Democrat. I'd say and I wonder what it would mean for businesses, too, who are um, dumping money in just the two parties to make, you know, hedging yeah, their yeah, bets. Yeah, 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 totally. Like, what oh, is, my God. What, is that, what does that look like for what them if there are like six <gasps> parties and now they have to, like, do they take more of a stand or they just cut more That's check? a great, like, how that's does a great that, question. What, oh is, what does that look like for them? Ooh, I like that. All right, folks, I want you to take the test and let me know what you where you fell on the spectrum. Um, and, uh, yeah, check out that piece. It's so fascinating. Uh, gee, you wish we lived in that world. Let me know. Oh, my God. Hari. Shalewa, thank you so much for doing this show. You guys are so fantastic. And I I think you guys are so fantastic that I would really love for the people of Fake the Nation to be able to go wherever you guys want them to go. Where should they go? Hari. Uh, they should go to Netflix to watch my special, Warn Your Relatives, and to HBO Max to watch my documentary, The Problem with Apu. Yeah, I'm that guy. And, uh, <laughs> and I would tell you to go on Twitter and Instagram, uh, but... People have a tough time finding at Hari Kundabolu, so just go to Google. My website is Google. Just Google Hari, <laughs> H-A-R-I, and just see what pops up, and you'll find me. Shalewa, where do they find you? Uh, oh, I'm on, um, I guess, most of the important uh, social medias, you know, your Instagram, your Twitter, your Venmo. And my handle is uh, at Silky Jumbo. All one word, traditional spelling. And uh, that'll get you close enough to me. Uh, as close as I want you to be. <laughs> and you'll, you'll find out more once you get there. I hope all you listeners do exactly as they tell you because uh, they're fantastic and you should be following their good work. As for me, uh, just a reminder, you can go to patreon.com slash Farsad to support the show. Don't forget to post your Apple reviews. We would really love that. Upcoming, um, you can hear me on an episode of Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. You can also hear me on, I mentioned earlier, the Majority Report over at Wonder Networks. And folks, I would really like to thank the people that make this show possible. That is our wonderful producer, Julia Linden, our sound engineer, Stephanie Aguilar, uh, who this week is getting help from Clementine Yost. Thank you, Clementine. And all the wonderful people uh, at HeadGum. The theme music was written by Gabby Alter. And as always, you can rate and review the show, as I mentioned. I'm just going to mention it again because it's on this piece of paper. I forgot that I already mentioned it. What? <laughs> uh, you can email us at fakethenation.headgum.com with any ideas you might have for segments, guests, whatever. Um, and again, uh, we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>